Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Walrap. Today we are joined by Mr. Joe Midler, a professional musician and band leader. Joe, uh, welcome to CareerPod. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Gary. We'd like to start by uh, going back and you know to your your early life and educational preparation uh, to become a musician. Could you tell us about that? Well, from a very very early age, three and four, I was obsessed with uh, piano and accordion and and uh, and just pretended I'd pick up a pillow and pretend it was an accordion. And my my uncle played and uh so i guess i heard him and uh then my mom got me lessons and uh it just took off from there yeah, everything went well and i studied for i think i started studying at age six and uh then took lessons and and uh wasn't very dogmatic about it, but at age eight or nine, I I found guitar and rock, and I started uh, learning learning guitar songs, and and uh, I, I ended up playing in a rock band in Little League. So from there, I just played music throughout junior high and high school, and made you know decent, great money for a high school kid, and uh, that got me started. Joe, I just wanted to uh, uh, learn about when you switched or when you first started playing the guitar. Was that at a ba- at about age eight? Yeah, yeah, about eight, eight, nine, third, third grade, third, okay. fourth grade. Sure. Yeah. So that was a major change from piano and accordion over to the guitar. Yeah, it was, and then my cousin had played it, and it just looked like fun. So he started teaching teaching sure. me songs and chords and and uh took off from there sure so uh the uh the but I- to this day i still play piano and have a full you know piano gear professional gear that i can go play with singer an accordion uh i play every once in a while somebody wants one and there was a godfather party and they wanted an accordion so i got them to buy me one how about and, uh, that? Yeah. Played it at the party, learned the Godfather theme and other stuff, sold around. And it, it was a hoot. That's, that's terrific. Uh, Joe, besides being a guitar player, uh, you also uh, are, are a band leader. And uh, tell us about, you know, after high school, how you developed and really uh, got your first band going. Well, after high school, I played all through high school, never really had any aspirations to be a professional musician because I lived here in L.A. And some of my classmates were playing for Chick Corea and uh, some of the you know top bands in the world. And I wasn't in that. Uh, but after high school, my parents ended up divorcing. I got some calls from some great bands to play guitar for them in college and uh, ended up living with these guys who practiced eight hours a day. 
And within less than a year, my musicianship just kind of skyrocketed. And, uh, and it was kind of a little after that, I decided to be a professional musician. And then I just never looked back. Oh, and as far as being, as far as being a band leader, I, I, I had been a band leader as a kid and then I became part of bands, uh, after, during and after college. And, and then, uh, I ended up starting Joe's band, uh, just out of frustration as I was live, working in Hollywood and being a professional session player and, and, uh, and so I put together a seven piece band with congas and horns, and we ended up becoming one of the top corporate bands throughout the country. And Joe's band was earning um, close to a million dollars a year. We had a good manager. And, uh, we, we played the Olympics in Las Vegas. How did you happen to uh, name it Joe's band? <laughs> well, when I was when I was playing throughout school and high school and right. uh, in junior high and then college, uh, all my were going to come out and see Joe's band. It didn't matter what band I was in or the name of the band; they were going to come see Joe's band. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so w- when I had to end up naming, finding a name as just as a laugh and as a lark, I said, right. "Oh, okay, Joe's band." And uh, some people hated it. Some people loved it. And uh, some people are like, you can't name a band Joe's band, yeah. and and we ended up becoming one of the top top in the country for corporations and nightclubs and events. Sure. So it's pretty funny. In terms of your approach, uh, you know, on stage as a leader, uh, how do you how do you uh, format your content? Uh, this teacher actually taught me how to do a show, a real Vegas show, and he'd worked with Sinatra and the grades. So he told me he told me how to play your first song, what type of song. The next song is a little more up tempo. Song following that is even more up tempo. Then after that, you stop, you get a drink of water, and you introduce and have a prepared speech for your first slow song. And then from there, you build and build and build. And, uh, and that, that formula I learned is infallible for doing a show. So I utilize and really helped propel the band into, uh, to great success. And it's not so much the song, it's more of the tempo and the, uh, tempo and the feel of what you're playing. And, uh, I still use it to this day and it's, it's, it's infallible. Sure. So uh, you moved to this area called uh, Manhattan and Hermosa Beach. Um, and tell us about the, that move and what what occurred there and uh, if you're still involved uh, musically today. Yeah, well, it was funny. I was working in Hollywood and uh, and playing for some bands, but things weren't things were just frustrating there and you're always working for somebody else and you invariably start working for free. And, uh, and you, you, and I just got frustrated. I said, I'm going to go to Manhattan beach because there were nightclubs here. You could play and could do cover music and you could get paid for it. So I came down here and started playing in some of the bars. And from there, that's where I formed Joe's band and okay. really launched. 
uh, the Olympics saw us because uh, it's a very popular, affluent area. Right. So we ended up playing the Olympics in Atlanta long after the bomb went off at Centennial Park, Atlanta Olympics in 96. I remember. And in, in NBC did a show on us, and uh, it really helped launch the band. And I ended up from there opening up Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And, uh, and Joe's band just had a great run. And then from there, I ended up buying a nightclub in Hermosa Beach with music permits. So I built a stage and I built a dance floor and uh, I built portable stage so we could have bands on the weeknights and then have a DJ on the weekend for uh, people to dance to. And it worked out great. We were, we were the most popular nightclub down there for five to six, seven years. Sure. Well, Hermosa Beach has a great tradition in the in the jazz idiom. I do remember yeah. that, uh, that sort of West Coast jazz. Uh, and that club was right near the, near the pier. I, I, uh, yeah, the Lighthouse Cafe and my club, the Shore, was one block away from there. So, yeah, there is a tradition of live music. And, uh, and I was proud because I brought in another club that had live music, you know. And uh, so I built the stage, I built the PA system, and most, you know, nightclub owners don't have that kind of sensibility. And and the lighthouse was built by Hal Rumsey, who was a musician. So so it, it takes that kind of mentality to have a real music club. Sure. Now, uh, I know Joe Ban- Joe's band still is active here in, in uh, 2020. Uh, do you... Uh, do any summer concerts? Yeah, every year I do the uh, Manhattan Beach fireworks show, and we do a concert there at the pier outside for 15,000 people. And uh, we do a Christmas show of rock and roll Christmas songs, then they do the fireworks, and then we go and do a Joe's Band concert after that. And uh, it's it's a great time, and it really exposes us to a big crowd. And... Uh, well, in terms That's of a lot of fun, in terms of um, being a sideman, or you know, earlier in your career, you were and you worked for a lot of different band leaders. Uh, did you develop sort of a, a philosophy on how to be a good sideman? Yeah, the the main philosophy on being a good sideman is making the band leader happy. Okay, you know, doing what he wants you to do, and. Uh, that's really, that's the whole key to everything. And then you make him happy. You know, you join a band, there's a band leader, you play what he wants you to play. And then as time goes on, you can become, you can play more of your own feeling stuff because he's more comfortable with you. And, uh, and that's really the whole key to it. If you don't make him happy, you won't last, you won't last a week or two. Sure. Now as a leader, uh, you had other responsibilities and not only if you're, if you're a playing leader, but the other musicians, uh, what are, what's your approach to being a leader? Well, it, it well, it's, ironically, it's a little bit similar because I try to make all the musicians in the band happy. So I try to give them solos. I try to, uh, yeah, let them stretch out or give them an opportunity to play. Every set, every, you know, we do a set an hour. 
I give, there's one song where I let the, the members stretch out and do their thing. And I, I make a, a fun atmosphere for everybody. So, uh, and I keep it loose and I keep it fun and, uh, and excellent players. And we always seem to have big crowds and you've been to some of our gigs and we have great crowds and good places. So everybody wants to play Joe's band because first of all, they're going to get paid. And okay. second of all, it's, it's going to be a great crowd in a nice place. Sure. Uh, in terms of the, uh, you, you're pretty much in the rock genre and, uh, the, uh, that, yeah, we're a rock cover band. Yeah, rock cover band. You did some of your own compositions. Did you, I do, do. I do. Yeah, we do originals, but I, I keep those to a couple of set. Sure. And because uh, people want to hear tunes they know. Now, have you recorded? Have you been in the recording studio with Joe's band? Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple CDs out. We've got tune. We've got uh, songs on SoundCloud and and. Uh, yeah, I've always done that, and I still am writing and producing other artists. That's that's great. Uh, in terms of uh, the satisfaction you got as a player and and as a leader, band leader, what uh, what is uh, make what is, makes you very satisfied when you're doing, uh, as you say, a gig? I what makes you satisfied is when people stay. Number one. And uh, we have a we have a real ability to get people up and dancing, and uh, you know we just have an infectious style that it's hard to stay in your seat, and uh, and we can keep people in the club. Uh, like I mentioned, that formula for doing the music really takes you on kind of a musical journey. And uh, when we're done with the set, people feel like they've seen a seen a show, and. Uh, so, the, and that's, that's probably the most satisfying thing when you're done and you get that applause at the end, everybody stayed and, uh, and you know, you've, you've made them happy. Okay. Like any other, uh, position or, or job, there are some frustrating moments. Well, yeah, I, I play in a band and we have seven pieces and a sound man. And so you worry about people not showing up. You want to make sure you have you know, everybody's going to show up. And then the other thing is everybody knowing the show. I won't do a show without rehearsing with somebody because we have different, I have five musicians on each instrument. But if we get somebody new, I make sure we rehearse because I, and I never get nervous unless somebody's on stage with me that doesn't know what they're doing. If everybody knows what they're doing, I'm very confident. And, uh, and then if there's not a lot of, lot of jobs anymore for live music that's that's frustrating so that's i don't know what the answer to that one is uh younger generation likes you know a lot of djs so. okay so the young person coming into the field they they have some musical talent they they feel they want to uh make a career of it uh, uh what what advice would you give them what would you uh what the life is uh being a musician well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't depend on making it your sole source of income. I'd have different sources of income, and part part of that could be giving music lessons. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've done it myself. I do it. It's not something I really enjoy. I would focus on having different income streams rather than just trying to rely on music. Sure. Uh, what type of uh, 
work are you doing right now, Joe, in addition to the uh, music? Well, I'm I'm uh, in the real estate field, and I'm selling real estate, and okay. it's uh, it's a fun, it's actually a fun field. Uh, there's lots of different ways to make money. It's lucrative if you don't you don't have to make a lot of sales, if, but if you keep your it, hands in it, you get, can uh, get be opportunistic, and you make yeah, and then continue to play music and and uh, you know and live your life the way you want to live it. Do you have any funny stories or exciting stories that uh, you'd like to share? 2,000 people in a show. And we it was New Year's Eve. We were killing it. crowd was going crazy. And I looked across stage and off to the side, off stage, were two guys in suits that were standing there as stiff as a board. And, and the whole crowd is dancing, and they're dancing girls or girls on stage, and everybody's... Yeah drink and have a good these two guys just standing there like FBI agents and I, <laughs> I I pointed to my bass player I said watch this and I fingered to the guys to come over to us and I got them to come over and I got them on stage and I gave one guy a maraca I sat there and they played these things like wooden Indians <laughs> and I'm just cracking up we're we are laughing our heads off <laughs> yeah. and it turns out this guy is the CEO of TravelZoom.com, okay. TravelZoo.com, and he's a billionaire. And uh, and I, he thought I was Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> and very great lace. He ended up hiring us for every big event he did all over the world. Is and he, uh, that's something. And I just brought two guys on stage to make fun of him, and that ended turned out to be one of my best connections ever sure uh in terms of you know working with the stars as we say uh did you ever uh meet or work with any other uh famous musicians neil sean the lead guitarist of journey came and heard the band and, and got me at and i had taken a break and got me at the bar and he's like i love your band and i didn't hear what he was saying and he kept going, Journey, Santana, Journey, Santana. I look over, I'm like, aren't you the lead guitarist for Journey? He goes, yeah, man, I'm trying to tell you. And so we ended up becoming friends. He loved the band and ended up getting on stage and playing with us. And uh, just a great, he was one of my musical heroes. So it was a real thrill for me. And uh, yeah, he's still playing. The... Uh... The other aspect of, of is sort of the life, uh, and you, you do have to be self-starting if you're, you know, booking the band. You no one's going to tell you what to do. You have to seek work out. How do you, besides word of mouth, uh, which is a terrific way, do you? But do you guys do any advertising? Do you do showcases uh, sometimes to showcase the band? I mean, yeah. If you're starting out, you do. And I, oh, when I use this. I first started out here in Manhattan Beach. I didn't make much money, and but I had a bigger band to try to get us launches, and I ended up playing for free and paying everyone just just to get us out there. So, and uh, performing is the best best way to get it known. And now with Facebook and LinkedIn and with uh, Instagram, you can really promote yourself, and uh, and that's probably what I would suggest for any band starting up you know just promote your performances and one one performance leads to another 
Okay. Well, Joe, uh, I really want to thank you for giving us some great insights uh, in terms Super. of being in terms of being a professional musician and a band leader. And uh, I just want to wish you uh, luck and, and continued success in your career. Okay, I appreciate you thinking of me and calling me, and uh, uh, let's do it again sometime. Okay, Joe. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Gary. Bye-bye.